0: Welcome to the Spirit Life Podcast, where we discuss issues pertaining to life and ministry. I'm Pastor John Brito, your host, and this is Episode 9. In this episode, I interview Dr. Grace Morales-Scott. Now, she has a fascinating and inspiring story on her transition from church ministry to ministry in the workplace. Dr. Grace faced all the stereotypes and challenges that women face today in ministry and at work, but she persevered and went on to become quite successful in business. But what impressed me the most about her story is the fact that she was told that she would never amount to anything. And at one point she believed it, but something happened and she went on to prove them wrong. I believe that you're going to enjoy this episode. And by the way, a great way to not miss one single episode is to subscribe to this podcast and it's free. Well, if you have believed the lie that you will never amount to anything or are sensing a call from God for either church or ministry in the workplace, or find yourself contemplating a job or career change, then this episode is for you. So let's listen to this interview, and I'll come back with some closing thoughts. I'm delighted to have here with me, Dr.
1: Grace Morales-Scott. She is a a friend of mine, an extraordinary woman with a a tremendous uh, life and uh, testimony. And Dr. Grace, welcome to our podcast. Well,
2: thank you for having me, uh, John. Okay, great. Well,
1: you know, uh, I want to be talking today about women in ministry, uh, women in the workforce, and uh, how women are impacting and shaping uh, ministry in those two different contexts. Uh, so, Dr. Grace, um, you are, gosh, I don't even know where to start and, and what you do. I know you're, you're a professional consultant, uh, you are the chairwoman, first ever, by the way. First ever, yes. Chairwoman of Latin American Bible College. That yes, is, what an honor. That is tremendous, right? Yes. And you're doing great yes, work there.
2: Yes, thank so, you.
1: Yeah, let me go ahead and just turn it over to you. Introduce yourself to the audience.
2: All right, my name is Dr. Grace Morella Scott, and uh, I have uh, the honor and the privilege of uh, not only being in church ministry, but I also have uh, worked in a workplace ministry. Uh, That spans about, oh, maybe about 45 to 50 years. So I have been uh, pretty busy for the last decades, so uh, I'm really happy to be here this morning. And uh, I'm just excited so that way I can share you my life story and how God has really blessed me throughout uh, my time here as far as church ministry, and uh, eventually my transition to workplace ministry.
1: Okay, great, and, and um, I'd like you to share a little bit about your education. Dr. Grace Morales Scott, right? There's yes. A, there's a PhD there, share that with us.
2: Well, when uh, I decided to go um, into workplace ministry Holy Spirit uh, prepared me. Uh, I know it might seem a little strange for Holy Spirit to tell you, okay, you need to go back to school. But that's basically what happened in my situation. I was making the transition from uh, church ministry to uh, workplace ministry, and I felt that I needed to prepare myself uh, it, uh, educational-wise. So I started as a uh, reentry student at the age of 37, I went back to community college here in Victorville, finished that, and then went on to pursue a bachelor's degree, and in psychology, and then moved up to a master's degree in education. I really had thought that I had finished my schooling at that time, but uh, being that I am Native American, I was uh, given a full scholarship to go to UCLA. So of course I, I took the opportunity. And uh, I went through, it took me a long time, but uh, I finally finished my Ph.D. in education at UCLA, and uh, it has really uh, worked for me, and it has really blessed me in my ministry.
1: Wow, okay, great. All right, so I'm going to ask you some questions here. Um, first of all, is, you know, tell us about your call to ministry. Sure. Share that with us.
2: Okay, Uh uh, first of all, uh, John, I'd like to give you some cultural context that influenced how my life's calling led first to church ministry and then how later it eventually influenced my transition to workplace ministry. Sure. I grew up in a biracial family. My dad was Mexican. My mother was Indian. And our roles were already determined. My father worked. My mother stayed at home, had and raised children. So from childhood up till the, the time that I entered workplace ministry, I was always told what I could be or couldn't be. Mm. So mm. when I entered first grade, my teacher, she marched me up to the front of the room and told all the other children that I wouldn't amount to much because I was dark-skinned, I was left-handed, and I was a female.
1: What? Are you serious?
2: Yes, I'm serious. It was really sad. But uh, the, the saddest part of it, uh, John, was that I actually believed it.
1: Oh, man.
2: I actually believed it. And then she proceeded to take out a long wooden paddle and hit my left hand three times, vowing that she would change my handedness. She did this for six months. Wow. So I had to devise a plan, you know, what I would do at home. I would write my ABCs with my left hand and then I'd go to school and make believe I, I wrote right-handed. And that's the only way I made it through school. All right, and then it, then it went on also in junior high, the same treatment. No expectations for advancement. And then at high school, I was tracked into a general education course, not college courses, because my kind would only end up married with six kids. Hmm. Okay, so when I graduated from high school, I I wanted to go to junior college, but it didn't happen. So instead, my mother sent me to LABI Bible School. Now, you have to picture this, John. I was only uh, three years old in the Lord. I was a new baby. I had no formal training for scripture. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I couldn't speak Spanish. Uh, I, I didn't know anything about about what it was to be a, to be a Christian. Less did I know what was my calling. I I I was just totally at a loss when I went to to Bible school.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was very difficult. It was very difficult for me. But th- once I was at Bible school, I learned what it was to be a Christian. I learned about the the disciplines of prayer fasting speaking in tongues and meditation okay so then when i proceeded to my second year okay it was already determined what we were going to be in ministry okay if you were a male male student you were expected to be a pastor a missionary or an evangelist but if you were a female student and you graduated from Bible school, you were expected to be a pastor's, missionary, or evangelist. wives. That, wow. was, that was the only mm. calling that we had open to us. Mm. So we could only be a Sunday school teacher, we could only be a pianist, mm. but, but we could never consider ourselves, ourselves called to be a, a pastor, to be a missionary, or to be an evangelist. Wow so our, our calling was kind of sort of predetermined for us,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay?
2: so it it was a it was a it was difficult, it was difficult to begin with. and then in third year, when I graduated from school, okay, I married a student from Bible school, so I already knew that my ministry or my calling was to help my husband's ministry
1: mm. okay. Wow. All right. Okay.
2: So I did that for 20 years. Hmm. We ministered in New York City. We ministered in Barstow. We ministered in Puerto Rico. And our final ministry was in Hesperia. Okay. But at the same time, while I was ministering in the church, John, I was also working in the workplace. Hmm. So I was bivocational before the word ever became a buzzword. Okay. Hmm. So now, we, you know, our students and our and, and our, our young people, they go into bivocational ministry. I was doing that a long time ago. I was doing that a long time ago. So what I'm saying is that when your ministry is determined by others and you don't think you'll, you'll amount to anything, then you do what is expected of you. Wow.
1: Man, LABI has really come a long way.
2: Yes, it has. Yes, okay. it has.
1: Wow. So basically, uh, your ministry started uh, helping out your husband in in his calling.
2: Yes, his calling. Okay. His calling was automatically my calling.
1: Okay. Okay. And and do you mind sharing some of the roles you played uh, during uh, that that time in church ministry?
2: Yes. Well, the roles that I played in ministry, I learned those roles while I was at Bible school. Mm. Because the male students, okay, because it has been said that LEBI produces, you know, uh, the best marriages in the world, okay. So I learned uh, what, what the male students were looking for in the female students. Of course, they were looking for wives, and, you know, some of the, the girls were looking for husbands. What the husbands wanted, they wanted first a woman who knew how to play the piano. <laughs>
1: oh, the stereotype, yes.
2: Yeah, and okay. they wanted a woman to, that knew how to teach Sunday school, mm. that, was, that was good with children, that knew how to cook, that knew how to, how to ha- uh, raise children, and to be the perfect, quote-unquote, perfect pastor's wife. Okay. So when we went into ministry, uh, that's what I did. I, I was, you know, I learned how to play the piano. I learned how to teach. Uh, I I learned how to, um, you know, coordinate uh, Sunday school lessons and and women's groups and what was actually expected of me. And I did it really good. I I really was good at it, you know. And uh, so that was was some of the things that I did. And uh, one of my biggest challenges was trying to be the perfect, perfect pastor's wife. And this was impossible because I was always coming short in that area. And I realized, you know, that that was a a cause of a lot of frustration for me because I felt that I wasn't fulfilling my role as a pastor's wife because I couldn't meet all those expectations that the church members, you know, expected of me. Wow. It was was very, very frustrating at times.
1: Yeah. I'm curious, did you get any, any pulpit time?
2: No, because I was not the preacher. Okay. Yeah. I was, and, and to this day, I am not a pulpit preacher. I am a teacher. Yes. Okay. I am a consultant. I am a trainer. But I, uh, no, I never, I never got pulpit, pulpit time.
1: Yeah, you know, the, the fellowship that uh, uh, I belong to, or the Assemblies of God, and, and you belong to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is a fellowship that believes in the ordination of women. Mm-hmm. So we, we have colleagues that are pastors. And, yes. But back then, uh, decades ago, yes. even if that was the case, yes. right? Uh, no. in, in our context, uh, you know, women were relegated to just teaching Sunday school. Yes. Yes. That's wow. Yes. That's interesting. And but, you
2: were really a prize. You were really considered a prize if yeah. you knew how to play piano.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, that's something. Yes. Okay. So, how long did you did you do this? How long was that ministry context for?
2: That was for twenty years.
1: 20, 20 years. Okay. Yes. Great. I know there was there was a shift. Now you were already working, and and you say yes. you're one of the you were bivocational before that was a bus. Yes. Uh, so there was a shift. A transition took place. God called you. Yes. Uh, from church ministry into the workforce Mm -hmm. and uh, tell us about that transition how did that come about how did god lead you and uh you know what are some of the things you began doing
2: well we had just returned from uh, our ministry in puerto rico that was in uh, 1976 and uh by that time you know i the transition really wasn't that difficult, John, because I had already been working in the workplace for 20 years. Mm-hmm. But I was, I wasn't uh, doing professional ministry. I was just working in the workplace. Okay. So when we returned from Puerto Rico in 1976, uh, you know, I I had been praying all this time because I wanted to expand my ministry. I wanted to, you know, I felt that I I had more to give than. Than you know just church ministry, and I prayed about it, and Holy Spirit really told me it's time. It's, it's time for you to, to to move into the workplace, and uh, that's why I, I, I entered uh, my educational vocation, and I took out all those degrees, and uh, when I was finished, okay, then I I made that the break from church ministry to workplace ministry, and in 1995.
1: Okay, so let me just let me just see if I'm, I'm hearing this right. Uh, so as you were making the tra- – you were already going to school, and I'm hearing you say when you finished your education, then you jumped into the professional ministry um, work?
2: No, I gradually uh, transitioned into it while I was going to school because oh, a lot of opportunities really opened up to me. When I was working on my uh, um, undergraduate degree at Victorville yeah. from, on my AA, uh, I was offered a job at, uh, as a school counselor there while I was a student. Ah. So I counseled students yeah. while I was going to school at the same time. And then in my second semester, as a, in junior college, I was also approached and asked if I could teach one of the courses there at the college. Oh, I see. Yeah. While I was a student, okay? Okay. So then I taught psychology. Mm. And then in my second year, first semester, They also asked me to teach Spanish and conversational Spanish. So then I I kept saying, well, I don't have those certificates because, you know, you can't teach at that level unless you're certified by the state. But by the time I finished, by two years, right, I already had taught four classes. I was doing counseling and I had obtained four degrees, lifetime degrees from the state of California. Hmm. So After that, well, then you know, I went on for my master's degree. Same thing happened on the master's degree level. I was asked to teach a class in Cal State San Bernardino, where I got my master's degree, and I did. I taught a class, and uh, so that was helping me acquire some teaching skills. Then, when I moved on to my master's degree, uh, one of the professors asked me to, to. uh, Teach, teach a course for him because they had they had given him too many classes. So uh I, I taught I taught a master's level class and uh so I kept gaining more experience and more experience. So there's a pattern
1: here. Education began mm-hmm. to open doors for you. Yes. Uh, yes workforce. it did.
2: Yes it did. Yes Wonderful. it did. Wow. And then when then when I was in, in on my just finishing my master's degree, I returned back into um, church ministry because Dr. Victor de Leon, I, you remember Dr. Victor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he contacted me and he asked me if I would teach at LABI as an English teacher and a marriage and family uh, teacher and a psychology teacher, and mm-hmm. I said, yes. So while I was finishing my master's degree, then I also went back to LABI to, to teach those courses. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, and then when I finished my, my master's degree, uh, you know then that uh, Brother De Leon passed away and then Brother uh, David Guajardo became the president of the school. Well, he approached me and he asked me to be the academic dean of the college and uh, I was kind of reluctant because, you know, I was still having that conflict between, well, I'm a woman, and this is a man's position. Wow,
1: really? Okay.
2: <laughs> but then I said yes, and then I became the first woman to be the uh, academic dean of LABI College.
1: Wow, it's amazing. Okay, we have mentioned LABI College now mm-hmm. uh, several times, and in fact, I've had other guests. Yes. We mentioned that College. I, I'm a big fan of that college, by the way.
2: Well, so am uh, I.
1: <laughs> so, you know what, just tell the audience a little bit about uh, LABI College.
2: Well, LEBI College right now is is we're on the brink of candidacy status through accreditation. Okay, we uh, we have fulfilled all the requirements. We had our on-site visit uh, in in, uh, November, and we we passed with flying colors. Okay, so we are we are hoping to get our candidate status uh, granted to us this coming February. Yeah. LUBI really has moved forward as far as its uh, programs. We are the only, um, as you know, the oldest Hispanic uh, Pentecostal Bible Institute in, in, in the state. In, well, in the United States. Yeah. And we, we're also a, um, a biblically focused school precisely just to to prepare ministers for 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 ministry in the church and in the world and we haven't changed our focus we are we are focused on on bible ministry and a church ministry and that's what makes us very unique so yeah i'm really blessed to have been, been uh able to you know to work with the school to move it forward and uh this is, this is just only the beginning. God is really blessing this. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think we just celebrated our 90th
2: um, anniversary. Yes, there. we did. We 90 celebrated years. it uh-huh. yeah. on October 1st. We celebrated 90 years of uh, preparing ministers.
1: Yeah. So uh, th- this is, of course, a historic uh, uh, Bible school, a Pentecostal Bible school. Yes. And when you mention candidacy status, for mm-hmm. those that are hearing and don't understand... Uh, uh, what you, what what you were referring to as far as the accreditation process you mind sharing a, a little on that
2: what that means now that not only are are we able to receive funding from the federal government we can receive now funding for pell grants okay so that way that will help students in their in their uh, education Right. So it does open doors with the Department of Education, with a uh, Hispanic Serving Institution, which uh, is a is uh, title for, and uh, it 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 just gives us more uh, funding sources to help our students, you know, right. for their education.
1: That's right. Three levels for accreditation, right? There's the, the yes. uh, three steps, right? First is applicant status, candidacy mm-hmm. status, and then the final uh, when you become an actual. Um,
2: Yes. College. Yes. Good. And then we then we have to renew our accreditation status every five years.
1: And may I point out that you've been a key player uh, in moving our school toward accreditation as a board member. Uh, gosh, as a chair, a woman now. It's been uh, pretty amazing to see. All right. Uh, very good. So, uh, man, academic dean, first ever female academic dean. Of, yes. LABI Bible College, and you had just finished a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And so
2: what happened after that? After I finished my master's degree, I thought that was going to be it for me educationally, okay? And I was prepared to go into the workplace and, uh, you know, uh, work my degree. And then, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, being a native, uh, my educational consultant, he con- he contacted me. He says, "You know what? We have this uh, this scholarship for you. You need to continue your school." And I says, "Well, okay." I says, uh, uh, "Where do you want me to go?" He says, "Well, you can pick any any school you want because we're going to fund you 100 percent." Mm. That's when I chose UCLA. Mm. Now, if you know Hesperia and UCLA, it's very f- distance from each other. Yes. Yes. But I, I I felt that that's where you know God wanted me to go, and I did. And uh, and then I it took me a long time to get my my degree, but you know it was, it was a not only a blessing, but it was a, it was a uh, it was an honor. It was an honor for me to, to go to this school.
1: A PhD, and that is in
2: in education. Yeah, that's my that's my degree in education.
1: That is, it's amazing. Yeah. All right, so now you have this PhD in mm-hmm. education, and so where does God lead you from there?
2: From there, God uh, God leads me into workplace ministry. Okay, okay, that's when I formed my own consulting business, and uh, then I started uh, looking for clients. You know, to, uh, wanting to service service not uh, basically the uh, the un the unchurched because I had already moved out of church ministry. So while I was at UCLA my last year there, I was working already in, in uh, Los Angeles down in the Crenshaw area. I was counseling uh, young women, young teens that were pregnant, and, and that was part of my, my workplace ministry. I, I, had, I had the fortune of, and the blessing of having one of my professors refer me out to other clients that wanted consulting services. So I began that's how I began my business, okay? And then during the time that I made the transition the slow transition into ministry if you if you remember or maybe you're just too young, maybe you might not remember it. But if you remember, in 1981, that was when we first heard about the ep- epidemic of HIV/AIDS. Yes, yes. Okay. I was working down down in, in the Cristina area, and uh, through that through, through that uh, epidemic, I was really connected to agencies that needed uh, support services that needed training. that needing uh, development of curriculum on how to treat persons who were uh, infected and affected with HIV. So I worked in that field for about 10 years. Uh, I became a a state trainer. I trained uh, locally, uh, uh, statewide, and I also trained nationally. So I I started seeing my business, you know, God was blessing my business that I was going, you know, international i went to japan and i trained uh i trained medical uh, personnel there with and lawyers and uh then i went to mexico i trained there so you know god was just just taking me to places where i never thought that i was going to go before wow yes it was it was quite an experience it was quite an experience
1: so so that young girl that was brought before the classroom
2: uh-huh. and heard
1: the teacher say uh, she'll never amount to anything because she's dark, left-handed, and uh, a female. And a female.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Is, has, has a PhD <laughs> and is traveling uh-huh. and is a professional consultant. That's amazing, right? We've got yeah. that, correct? Uh,
2: yes, it's, it's just beautiful because, you know, I have never wanted to work either in church ministry or in workplace ministry without God's approval. Hmm. I had to have God's approval because if I'm not in perfect will, then whatever I do, then it's not going to bless me. It's not going to honor God and it's not going to bless the people that I minister to. Wow. So I've always made sure that I was directly in God's perfect will. And to this day, you know... uh, I wish I could go back and tell that, that that teacher that told me that I wouldn't amount to nothing. You know that. Yeah. You no, know, I'm still left-handed. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still dark-skinned, and I'm still a female.
1: Okay? <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Dr. Grace, uh, you and I both have this understanding that ministry is not limited to church ministry or parachurch ministry. No, no. That uh, the workplace is is definitely a sacred space as well. Uh, just for those who who haven't made that connection yet, mm-hmm. can you share uh, on 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 how your uh, your work, the kind of work you do, mm-hmm. uh, is is actually ministry. Yes, that it God is. is using you um, yes. to bless others with. Can
2: you just share that? Yes. Well, I believe that that uh, you can you can minister in the workplace. Okay. As, as successfully as you can work in church ministry, mm. all right. Yeah. and and the same principles that I use, the same uh, methods, the same uh, gifts that I use in church ministry, I also use it in, uh, in workplace ministry, mm. all right. So, and, and and God told me, He says, Spirit, Holy Spirit told me, He says, you know what. You need to reach the professionals at their level, all right? Because not very many, not very many people were were ministering to the professionals out there in the real world. Mm. But before I could do that, John, I had to prepare myself. See, sure. I was already prepared, well prepared, okay, with a solid biblical foundation from LBI. Mm. I would always be grateful. Yes. That that I was grounded in the Word. Okay and 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 being grounded at the word and knowing staying in God's perfect will when he told me to move out i moved out.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: I didn't know exactly how it was going to go but i was confident that if god told me to move out he was going to he was going to be there with me.
1: Yeah.
2: He, he was going to show me exactly what i had to do and how to do it. And to this day, you know, god has been so good to me. He has he has really shown me actually step by step how i'm supposed to do ministry in the workplace
1: uh, do, do you mind elaborating on uh, what that looks like uh, just just uh, how you you've been able to minister to people in the
2: workplace well just, well uh, the just dis- okay i pray every morning before i go out to minister okay because i you know god has blessed me so much john that there are times that i have to refuse work because it's so much right
1: wow. mm.
2: because you know god has blessed me so much and then you know word gets out there what you know what type of ministry you have so in the morning this is my this is my ritual my my how i how i approach it i, I pray in the morning i meditate and, and, and I make sure that if I go out, whether it's to the Bible school or whether it's, go, it's to, you know, uh, to the college, wherever my workplace ministry is going to take place that day, I, ha- I want to make sure that I am in God's perfect will. That I am going to be a blessing, all right, to the persons that I minister to. And they're going to be blessed by the work that I present to them. Now, I have a really high accountability factor. Okay. I, I, I hold myself accountable to God first, because He has blessed me, He has given me favor, He has opened doors where, where I never, ever thought I would ever have gone before. And then I hold myself account, accountable to my, to my profession. Mm-hmm. I have to give the best that I can, because I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Yes. okay? So then, and then I also hold myself accountable. Okay. Did I provide the best services? I mean, that's customer service. Okay. Uh, did I did I do? Did I bless my my client? Did I did I really did I have did I hold my integrity with this client? Okay. So all of those factors play into whenever I have I have a contract. So it it's a I just follow through. I I did totally totally have to depend on God and the Holy Spirit because uh, my, accountability factor, my accountability factor is very high.
1: Wow. Okay, so so before we move on to the next questions, uh, just uh, just to bring some clarity, you felt the Spirit of God spoke to you. You mm-hmm. were in the church context Is said, listen, I'm going to start moving you out into the professional world. Mm-hmm. That was something the Spirit of God prompted in you. That was personal. Yes. In addition to that, opportunities began to uh, present themselves. Doors began to open yes. as, as your education, yes. uh, as you began to further your education. So it's 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 as if um, Spirit of God is telling you, I'm going to move you. And all of a sudden, as you do your diligence to prepare yourself, work mm-hmm. began to open. I'm sorry? And as you began to do your due diligence and began to uh, yes. uh, go into education, Doors began to open, so the two things happened for you. Okay, wonderful. That really is wonderful. Okay, Dr. Grace, Mm -hmm. um, I want to focus now on some of the challenges that you have faced as a woman
2: Mm -hmm. in the workplace. Well, some of the challenges in the workplace were some professionals didn't like Christians. Really? Yeah, they didn't like Christians. When I went to college, when all the years that I went through college, okay, my one of my challenges was first with the instructors themselves, mm. okay, and 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 um, when I was in my bachelor's level, one of my professors boldly stated, "I do not care for Christians, I will not work with them, and if you're one of them, you need to stay quiet," okay. Well, being The person that I am, okay, Uh, I took my books and I went up to the front of the room. I sat right in front of him and I stayed there throughout the whole semester and he had a look at me whether he liked it or not, okay? So I was not intimidated by the fact that, you know, this teacher did not like me because I was a Christian, all right? And I aced his class, okay? And then somewhere down the line when I applied for UCLA, he was the first one who gave me the best recommendation to go to, to, to UCLA. In my, in my master's degree program, I had another professor, okay, at blatantly, blatantly, my first year of school. He says, I do not care for hallelujahs.
1: Says,
2: I do not want any hallelujahs in my class. And if you are hallelujah, he says, you need to leave. Okay, well, I used the same tactic with him as I did with my bachelor's degree teacher, okay? I got up my books, and I went up and sat up in front, and then I told him, I am a Christian. And he didn't know what to do. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. So I, and he, this was the professor that, that asked me to teach one of his classes because he was overbooked. Mm. And then in the long run, when he got married, I was the only student in all of his classes was invited to his to his wedding wow and i got to the wedding okay i attended i attended by myself and and i went to hug him okay because i was leaving i had to leave early and then i told him doctor doctor aren't you going to give me a hug so that way i can leave and he says i don't know how to kiss god what
1: wow Yes. Wow, your testimony.
2: Yes, exactly. Your testimony. With I, n- I never wavered. Okay. Now, uh-huh. some other that Some other challenges in the workplace, were, of course you know, um, there is such a thing as sexual harassment, yeah. uh, discrimination, sure,
1: okay?
2: being being bypassed for promotions. Um, you know, just. Things like that, you know, and, and that went on for a long time. And, and that can be very, very frustrating because just because you're a Christian, you know, you, 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 you're treated differently. And uh, but because I knew that I was in God's perfect will, it was difficult, yes, but it wasn't impossible. So I remained where God had placed me. And then when it was my time to leave to another job, then I went over, you know, then I moved on to another job. But my jobs were always really, you know, very, very well paid. So, <clears throat> I just, you know, I just, like I said, I prayed every morning and, 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 and I stayed in whatever job and whatever place that God wanted me to to be in. But I never wavered from the fact that, you know, I was held, holding myself accountable to God. I was holding myself accountable to myself. I was working with integrity. I was working with, you know, with my values and my, and my morals and and, and you know, what I believed in, I would never, I would never waver from that.
1: Yeah, amazing, uh, Dr. Grace. Mm-hmm. Share with the audience uh, some of the disciplines that have helped you get to where you're at in life. I mean, you are a very disciplined individual.
2: Yes, I am, and sometimes I'm, I'm am I? Type A, Type A person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, some of the disciplines that helped me. I learned at school, okay, because remember I was a new Christian. I didn't know what it was to be a Christian. I didn't know how to serve Jesus. I didn't know. I was just totally naive in a lot of areas. But I learned when I was in Bible school how to stay in God's perfect will. I have to operate in God's perfect will. Mm. Prayer and meditation. I do not start off my day without praying. And then during the day, when I do hit a snag and, and somewhere as far as my business relationship, I meditate on the Lord. Fasting, when it really gets tough, then I go to fasting. Yeah. Of course, reading the Word, you've okay. got to read the Word.
1: Yeah.
2: Listening to Christian music, I love Christian music. Okay, and church attendance. Okay, being honest about my strengths and my weaknesses. Okay. Right. Then at, at every night. I purge my thoughts and my deeds at the end of the day. I go before the Lord. And this is something that I do personally. It, it's, it, it's probably not a discipline, but I do it for myself. I purge my thoughts and my deeds. I go before the Lord and then, I, and then I reflect on what I did during that day. Did I honor you, Father? Did I say something out of line? Did I hurt somebody? Did somebody offended by what I said? Um, could I have done it different? And uh, I, I go to that every night you know, because I want to start the next day without having to deal with those things that I didn't do during the day or even dealing with the things that I did do during the day. Yeah. I want to start afresh every morning. Okay? Mm. And then mentoring others who want to go to the workplace ministry. It's very important to be mentored by someone that's already been there, done that and it'll help help guide you through the way. Like I mentioned before, the accountability to God is a big thing for me, to my clients, to my profession, and to myself.
1: Great. Uh, Dr. Grace, any other disciplines? For example, are you like an early riser? Uh,
2: I am an early riser, and I'm a late go-to-bed. Oh, boy. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so not much sleep in there.
2: Okay. Well, as you get older, for me anyway, because I can only talk from my own experience. Yeah. For me, I only need five solid hours of sleep. Really? And God has blessed me that once I put my head on the pillow, mm. I sleep. Mm. I don't wow. toss and turn. I don't, you know, I don't do could have, should have, why didn't I? I go to sleep. And then in the morning, I'm at it again.
1: That's wonderful. Okay, Doctor Grace, what advice would you give uh, young women that are considering, you know, going to college and deciding what they want to dedicate their life to? What, what's the advice?
2: Well, the advice that I can give you is is, is scriptural, of course. I'm, there's no other advice that I'm going to give you that's not scriptural. You have to first seek the, the, the kingdom of God. Hmm always in everything that you do not just only if you want to go to college but you need to first seek the kingdom of god that's what Matthew 6:33 states then you look for god's perfect will in your own life in your own life and that's and i use psalms 37 23 which states the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord and he delights in his way then you ask God what He wants for your life, not what others think that you should, you should be. Hmm. And that's found in Jeremiah 29, 11. And I love all these scriptures. Yes. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. He knows what He has for you. Okay? And then it's extremely important that you are scripturally founded in the Word. It, that's a must. And then you need to know who you are in Christ. Jeremiah 1.5 says, and I love this verse. When I found out about this verse, oh my goodness, it just confirms so many things for me. Yes. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the mm. nations. You know, beautiful, beautiful yes. uh, verse. And, and then ask yourself, are you church ministry material? or workplace material, or maybe you're both, okay? And then of course integrity is more important than image. You have to be true to yourself. Take care of yourself physically, emotionally, psychologically, and of course, spiritually. And lastly, find a mentor. Find a mentor for accountability.
1: Wow, good advice. Thank you for that, Doctor Grace. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, that's good. Okay, uh, Doctor Grace. I think for the last maybe twenty years, uh, mm-hmm. we have seen uh, we have seen people in the, in, in their midlife
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, switching careers, uh, going back to school, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of been a reality. So, what advice would you give women in their thirties and forties, uh, maybe even older? that are that are you know already probably have a career of some kind but are contemplating entering ministry or simply going back to school or switching
2: careers right well i would also tell them exactly what i just shared with uh, those wanting to dedicate their lives or making a transition but don't be afraid to do it mm. you know? don't be afraid to do it i was 37 when i returned back to school i was always the oldest student in the class
1: amazing okay yeah i
2: was always the oldest student and I've had a lot of place, but knowing that I was in God's will, I pursued. I pursued. Okay? And then, like Nike says, just do it. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Just do it. Okay. That's right. If you have God's leading, you're going to succeed. You're going to make it. Okay. And uh, you just, you know, just make that decision, well, this is what I'm going to do. And there's so many opportunities now to go back to school, mm-hmm. to to really go into a different line of, of ministry. And and I would just encourage anyone that really wants to do it, just do it. Just just do it.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, and I think when you went back to your Ph.D., I, I think you had told me that you were working at LABI. Is, is that the proper timeline? Were you the yes. academic dean?
2: Yes. Yes, I was working. It was in the early 80s
1: so so you have a full workload as the academic dean of LBI mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now you're going to get a phd i mean that, that had to have been challenging taxing
2: it was uh, it was it was challenging and it was challenging in, in in various levels okay huh. I, I was a full-time academic dean and i was a full-time wife raising two teenagers at that right. time
1: yeah.
2: and and then going to school full-time yes right so I had a commute at times from Hesperia to La Puente, stay overnight with friends, and then go to school, and then come back and work at the school.
1: Oh man, what a you know, I think that's probably one reason people, adult people in their midlife, uh, really hesitate to just yes. do it. Like you said, because they're thinking, how do I balance it? Right. How do I make career, family, school work? Mm-hmm. Well, you've done it, and uh, can you give give some some possible advice on how to find that balance between all three?
2: Well, it was difficult. It was very difficult because um because I, I was a reentry student and I started late out, you know, I had my dream was deferred of going to college after I graduated from high school. So I wanted I was playing catch up and I didn't want to waste any time. So I kinda overdid it. And uh after my second year at UCLA I actually had to take a leave of absence because being those three persons took a toll on me. It really physically took a toll on me. That's why I'm saying you have to know your limitations. You have to know what you can do and what you can't do. So I did take a I did take a break for a year, and then <coughs> excuse me. Then I then I had I asked my husband. I said, "Well, you'll you'll have to help me with this." And then my kids too. They were they were already you know going into young adulthood. So we all pitched in and uh, but I was, uh, my ministry at the church was a little bit more limited at that time so I was kind of, you know, leaving that aspect of, of, of my life. And uh, it got a little bit easier, it took me longer to finish my school, but uh, uh, I kind of reduced the workload and uh, I had to do it that way in order for to be successful in what I wanted to accomplish.
1: Great. All right, Dr. Grace. Um, let me ask you here, what are you currently reading that's impacting you?
2: Well, I'm rereading.
1: Mm.
2: There's one book that I that I really enjoyed. It's there's Kevin DeYoung's book, and I just quoted it, Just Do It. Okay. And it and it uh it, and he states, you know, and I and I love this, okay, and I'm gonna quote him. He says, many of us are listening for the still, small voice to tell us what's next instead of listening to the clear voice in Scripture telling us what's now. God does have a will for your life, but it is the same as everyone else's. You seek first the kingdom of God and quit floundering. Just do it. That's, that's what I'm, I'm rereading, okay? Because it, it inspires me to just keep doing it.
1: Wow, that's good. That, that, that's good. Excellent. So I'm looking here at, at uh, Amazon and seeing if it's in stock. And uh, uh, yeah, par- apparently it is. They mm-hmm. it on Amazon. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you're reading that is impacting you or rereading?
2: Yes, because I have taken on this job of uh, uh, Madam Chair of the Board of Trustees.
1: Yes. I on. am
2: reading diligently Robert's Rules of Order, okay? <laughs> Oh man. really, yes, that because is, I wanna be successful that i want to that be doesn't be surprise me though
1: right? I know you so you're our stickler to the rules,
2: yeah, Yes, you
1: are great, all right, and uh, hey, where can our listeners contact you you know uh, facebook uh twitter website blog email
2: well, I just barely got back on i i just barely got back on Facebook, so yeah. I'm not you know, you know me Dom. I'm not a techie person, okay. I try, so I'm still trying to work uh, Facebook. But uh, you can, th- they, if they want to contact me, they can contact me at uh, at my email, and uh, I'll give them that if they like. I haven't started a blog. Uh, I haven't started uh, Twitter, even though I'm I'm registered on Twitter. But if you want to you know know well
1: well, under under facebook how do they find you just just your name is it dr oh it's
2: dr grace morella scott
1: got it so dr Mm -hmm. grace morella scott on facebook they follow you there okay great okay excellent um let's see here i I guess that's it dr grace uh all i can say is i'm just fascinated by your life and all that you have accomplished i've Mm -hmm. seen you in action Thank you. Uh, work with you on different committees uh, at the Southern Pacific District. Um yes. the of God and also on, on our beloved LABI College. Yes. Right? yes. And, uh, and I've seen you in action. and You've yes. done such, such amazing work uh, in both places. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, uh, man, uh, we've seen a lot of wonderful changes in the college. The college has really mm-hmm. moved forward. And yes. you're at, you are now at the helm leading the board. And that's
2: Yes. Uh, uh, and I'm, and I also formed the uh, Labi College Foundation. I, that's
1: right. Yeah, that's right. What that's, is that's,
2: that? It's a newly formed of a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and our main goal and our focus is just solely to raise funds for student scholarships at Labi.
1: Yeah.
2: So I'm really happy and honored to be president of the foundation, yep. and in addition to being, you know, on the chair. Of the, yes. of the college and yes. uh, we just uh, you know we're just really excited about it and and uh, we know God is going to bless us and, and we're going to move the, co- the foundation forward so we can uh, wonderful we can receive more scholarships
1: wonderful and to all the listeners that are mm-hmm. interested in getting a biblical and theological education please yes. go to lebi i believe it's dot edu yes it correct? is Yes, and uh, check out the website. It's a great college. And yes. Oh. We're both giving it a plug today, right?
2: Yes, we're giving it a plug. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: Dr. Grace, any any closing thoughts?
2: Yes, I would probably say, uh, be true to the person that God called you to be. And if you can't really be true to yourself, it's going to be very difficult for you to be true to others. So it's always good to. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with others. Maintain that integrity. Maintain that call that God has given you in your life, and uh, be faithful because He is faithful. know, mm. uh, I I could never have come this far. Yes. And done what I've done, and keep doing what I'm doing, if it isn't for God's strength, His mercy, His favor, and uh, you know His His protection and His guidance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I guess there's a last question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you started off by saying that you believed what that teacher said about you. Yes. That you're dark, you're mm-hmm. left-headed, you're a female,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you'll never go anywhere. And she hit your hand for six months. And you believed it. So when did you stop believing it? When did you get that sense of…
2: That aha moment. <laughs> really? <laughs> that epiphany, yeah.
1: You know, I well, think you need to share that because there's probably listeners right now, that they think that way. I'm not good enough, not smart enough. I never, you know, uh finish this or the other. And it holds them back. What would you right. say to that?
2: I believe it was when we came back from Puerto Rico and then uh I underwent a, a family experience that was rather uh difficult but it had to happen and uh I realized then that uh I was smarter than what people thought I was. Mm. Okay? And that's when I enrolled back in junior college just to test myself, okay, because there's always those doubts of, well, maybe I won't succeed. Huh. Okay? Yeah. So I enrolled in summer school at uh, the junior college here in Victorville in 1976 just to test it out, just to see if I could do it. And uh, I took an intensive course. I enrolled in English 1 composition and i also enrolled in psychology i learned very fast very quickly john that you don't take english 1 composition and as an intensive course during the summer hmm. it was difficult but i passed it oh wow uh, but then i excelled in uh, in psychology I, I pulled a straight a and you know and then talking to 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 one of my mentors you know we worked out we worked out this issue that uh hey, you know, I did have a brain in my head and mm. that I could excel and I would excel, okay? And then also, I, I grabbed onto the scriptures that I just read you about, you know, where it says that I knew you before you were born. Yeah. You know? That made such an impact on my life. Right. And, and and then I believed it. My faith in God is very simple, John. It's not complicated. If, it, if scripture says it, I believe it. Mm. So when, when I grabbed onto that verse, okay,
1: yeah,
2: and 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 I talk to God like I talk to you. I says, "Okay, God, you know, you know me. You knew me before, and you know me now. You know what I'm capable of doing. You know what what I can do, and and I'm going to trust in you, to help me do it. And I I put my trust and my confidence in God. Yes, and and He has He has not only changed that attitude about that I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. I can't say that anymore. I can't act that way anymore because scripture totally invalidates that.
1: Wow. So your identity in Christ really shaped your belief Yes, in what you can do.
2: Yes, yes. But that's God why so, thinks, that's yes. why it's so important mm. for you to know who you are in Christ. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Cuz we may be nothing, we may be absolutely, you know, whatever to the people, to to who we to the church to yes other entities, but you have to know who you are in Christ because Christ sees us totally different than how others see us. Once you accept how Christ how Christ accepts you, it would be dishonorable to act as if I was not worthy, yeah. to act as if I couldn't do it, to act as if I'm less than. That does not honor God Okay, because He didn't make me less than he didn't make me, uh, you know, useless.
1: Yeah.
2: He knew me. He knew me from the from before I was born. What I was going to be. Right. And and I've come this far. I am here because of him. Wow. So it's I, I am blessed, John. I am just are. so blessed.
1: You are. So so the the scriptures uh they shed light on who who you are in God. Yes. You can do. Yes.
2: Yes. Exactly.
1: Uh, you had an encourager. You had a mentor. And of course, there was the uh, risk taking.
2: Yes. Let's,
1: let's test myself and it show mm-hmm. that you can do it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I wonder how many of our listeners right now have people around them encouraging them, saying, "You're smart. You can do it." Right. All, all that they need to do is go back to scripture. What it say about yes. you yes. God is for you. Who can be against? Right?
2: Exactly. Can do all things to Christ yes. Jesus the strength. Exactly. Their life. And then, yes. of
1: course, just do it.
2: Jump yes. in. Give it a yes. try. Exactly. And those oh. are the those are the verses that I've always used. I even use them now because yeah. as i get older i get tired and then i move slower okay yeah. <laughs> and then i have to go back to those scriptures that kept me all this time i can do all things it's amazing okay yeah so if god be for us who can be against us so you get you, you surround yourself with all yeah. those those biblical truths yeah. and they, and they lead you they guide you
1: you know you say you're older and you're slower and uh, uh, man i tell you i have witnessed your work what you write, and how quickly you write, and you compile documents, I have seen you produce so much, so many reports, you're just like a, like a work machine, and you say you're slower, so I, what would you like, you know, 20 years ago? Yeah,
2: I was, I was pretty hyper, I was pretty hyper. And you are a
1: strong reader, you, you just turn up uh, uh, documents, and what a brain. God has gifted you yeah. such a wonderful brain. Yes. Dr. Grace, this has been a great interview. I really want to thank you for your time.
2: Well, thank and, you for having me, John. I really uh, appreciate it. For
1: your friendship, for yeah. all you're doing. And just, God, continue to bless you, your ministry, and your family.
2: Thank you so much. And God bless you, too. And uh, uh, I know that God is going to continue to keep go, taking us to further places and where yeah. we're at now. I dig okay? that. Thank
1: all you. Right. God
2: bless you. Take
0: care. God bless you too. Wasn't she great? Well, I hope Dr. Grace inspired you to step out in faith and follow God's leading in your life. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode. And I hope that this interview helps you to reach out for all that God has for you. And remember to subscribe to this podcast. This way, you'll never miss an episode. And I would appreciate it if you would let others know about this podcast by sharing the link to social media. And hey, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at pjslcc at gmo.com. Once again, that's pjslcc at gmo.com. Or follow me on Twitter at pjslcc. Well, that's it for this episode. Until next time.